Hey everyone, welcome to But Why the Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we wanted to make sure that you take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe us on iTunes or wherever you listen. It's the easiest way for people to find us and it helps us hear your feedback. Beyond that, come and join our conversation on Twitter at ButWhyThoughPC and on Facebook, facebook.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if you like what you're doing and you want to support us a little more, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if a monthly subscription is too much for you, make sure you check out our t-shirts. We have t-shirts open on TeePublic and available for purchase on our website through the merch tab, ButWhyThoughPodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Today, we're talking about one of Marvel's oldest superheroes, a soldier, and some would call a Boy Scout, Captain America. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And we have brought back a certain friend of the podcast, Alex. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this episode. And he is host of What We Talk About What We Talk About, as well as assignment editor on Friday.com and host on Game Boys Podcast. Yes. Did I get all of your things? All of the bylines? Yeah, that, that is all of them. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell us a tiny bit why you wanted to do this? Don't go into your monologue yet. No, I won't. Just... I won't. I just, I really love Captain America is what it breaks down to. He is my favorite superhero. I have liked him pretty much always i have the first superhero toy that i ever got is like one of those bendy posable action figures of captain america uh and it is sitting on my bookshelf next to all of my captain america comics right now so those are his credentials yeah just <laughs> hard like long long time fan uh first time one of my friends has referred to me as the closest thing to captain america she's ever seen in a person um <laughs> And yeah, uh, many, many people have referred to me as a Boy Scout. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I will say this right here, right now. If I get anything wrong, correct me. I'm sure Twitter will as well. At me. Yeah. This is a lot of history to cover in one hour, or hopefully one hour. If you've listened to us Almost before, 80 years. Yes, almost 80 years. And if you've listened to us before when Alex is on, it's never an hour. So. <laughs> I'll do my here. best. <laughs> Okay, cool. So first question, like we always do, I wanted to change it up a little bit today and just ask, if you had a chance to take the Super Soldier Serum, would you? And it does come with all the stipulations. Like, you are now property of the U.S. government, at least for a little bit. Yeah, no question. Uh, specifically because I know that you can always walk away from that, Captain it, which we'll get to. Many times. Um, and the idea of, like, yeah, of if it's just going to enable me to do more of the good that I want to do in the world, I don't see a reason not to. Matt or Adrian? Yeah, you're definitely a Boy Scout because I wasn't thinking about all the good I could do. I was not either. I'm not going to lie. I was like, thinking about all the cool shit I could do if I had I Captain America powers. 
by the way, I would like to pause for a second and say I did not think anybody actually owned martini glasses. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking a Brooklyn. That seemed fitting for the episode. That is. I was oh gonna make a Manhattan, my. and I was like, I bet there's a Brooklyn out there. So I looked it up and made it. Oh my god, I can't believe that. Is Can that be our cover art right there? I, feel I like know, that right? Should be. Can you get your your Captain America thing and then like take a picture with your Brooklyn? With, with that and the cocktail, I also have a shield yeah. that I'm looking at on the wall. Yeah, just oh. all of it. Just all of it. Yeah. Not gonna and lie, you should totally take some pictures of that and send me it for for the show notes and be like, <laughs> these are his credentials. I will. Uh, Kate, Kate, what would you do with the serum? Would you Would you take it? Um, I think. Uh, if I had to be f- with the government and do government things, but you're right, Cap walks away like so many times. Um, yeah, I take it definitely. Um, even though there are side effects, but I want to be really, really strong and not have to worry about my body doing things. And fun fact, fun fact, meth actually counteracts the super soldier serum. All right. I did that I actually had not known about. Yeah, Cap I hadn't read was that story. a meth addict at some point. <clears throat> That's really interesting considering uh, I don't know if you found this in your research, but the original scene of him becoming the super soldier was an injection. And then, and then with then the comics code it. and no drug use, they were like, Oh, it has to be something else. Yep, and they made it raise. Yeah. The Vita Ray Chamber. Yep. Which yeah. honestly looks way cooler. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, the super soldier serum actually makes drugs way more potent, so he got addicted right away and then it broke down his body and that's why he got old fun fact oh interesting also i keep trying to convince my sister for comic-con to do a three-day costume with me where day one i go as pre-serum steve and then day two i'm on like a dolly in a vita ray chamber and they just wheel me around the whole time (laughs) and then day three i'm captain america (laughs) i like this idea that's a really good idea Uh, she just she refuses to wheel me around in a dolly all day okay i don't know where my super soldier serum went but yeah i'll I'll take it. It's a, it's a, yeah. I'll all right, and it. Matt? Oh, did we get to Adrian at all? No, we didn't get to Adrian. <laughs> I thought Adrian just said he would do cool shit. Adrian, would you like to elaborate on the cool shit you would do? Um, smack people who talk in the movie theater. <laughs> that just would slap be like, them through their seat. <laughs> yeah, that would be my, uh, my con- contribution to uh, America. <laughs> I'd just be employed by Alamo Draft House and see all the movies and then work out a whole bunch on, my, on the weekends chopping wood and, and you really need to work out though if you got the serum no they'll just have uncle sam posters of adrian in a captain america suit that says i want you to shut the hell up yep. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but no but uh, I, I would i would take it for sure uh especially because you know he doesn't i mean he, he walked away from the government and the mcu so i mean if we can do that i'm down i can do it go punch some nazis and do all like cool superhero stuff but I didn't think of that first, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> no. I thought of, like, yeah. uh, holding helicopters on rooftops and stuff and, you know, You mean running flexing helicopters Germany. onto rooftops? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's the stuff I thought about first. I don't think this is even a question I'd take this. The fact that you even questioned that, I'm a little disappointed. Well, I needed something, and I didn't want to say, do you know who Captain America is? Because at this point, our podcast listeners know we, like, love the MCU. So... Because you're all a bunch of nerds. Yes. So what would you do with it if you took it? I don't know. I honestly don't. <laughs> no thought? Like, what first came into your head? Um, he would garden like a madman. Garden like a madman. 
<laughs> open all the jars. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I had no idea. Like, Alex had this whole thing of, like, I'm going to be good and do all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm taking it. I'm down for PEDs all the time. <laughs> but I had no idea. I didn't make it from there. <laughs> kind of sidetracked us with the meth. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's go ahead and get into the episode. I am leading it today because I have recently found a love of Captain America after despising him for a very long time. So, I thought it was fitting. I've been seeing more and more people have that trajectory, and as a Captain America fan, it is very nice. It's all thanks to MCU, buddy. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, background, Captain America is a Marvel Comics character. He was created by cartoonists Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. He first appeared in Captain America Comics number one, and it was the cover was dated March 1941 from Timely Comic Comics, which was a predecessor to Marvel. Um, Captain America was designed as a patriotic super soldier who often fought the Axis powers of World War II and was Timely Comics' most popular character during that wartime period. Popularity of superheroes waned following the war, and Captain America comic books was discontinued in 1950 with a short-lived revival in 53. And since Marvel Comics revived the character in 64, Captain America has remained in publication. So, when we look at how he came to be in 1940, uh, writer Joe Simon, and he, he, Joe Simon actually has a autobiography called My Life in Comics, and it's pretty much all centered around, like, this start with Captain America and, like, what it did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in 1940, Joe Simon conceived of the idea for Captain America and made a sketch of the character in costume. His first name was Super America? Because he wanted it to kind of compete with Superman. And he actually drew, like, full covers of a really weird Super America man in, like, really weird costume. I'm really glad they changed it. Um, But it was the Nazi punch and cap, only it was Super America. And so, essentially, what happened was he realized that there were too many Super insert last names, specifically Superman. And he decided to change it to Captain because there weren't that many Captains around. Um, so that's how we got Captain America and, uh, Bucky, the boy companion was named after Bucky Pearson, who was a star on the high school basketball team and a really, really good friend of Joe Simon. Sorry. When you said that the boy companion, all I could think is like, well, that's a nice way of saying child soldier. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> they call like, I know then? that they, they did a lot of retconning with the MCU, but I'm like, man, when Bucky started, he was like a 15 year old well, who got not, sucked into like, a war. Not even in the MCU, like the Captain America comic. So because Captain America is essentially a time capsule of America at that time, means Captain America comics have gone through serious retcons. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so a little bit of background on Steve Rogers. Does anybody know his middle name? Grant? Yes. Um, so three most generic names ever. <laughs> a little bit, and like vaguely presidential, just like a tiny bit. Yeah, <laughs> like like they were going for like what what are like generic, inoffensive, slightly like proper sounding names. That sounds very accurate. Yeah. Um, So Steve Rogers was a son of a poor Irish immigrant family living in Brooklyn. His father died and his mom worked to provide a living for them. And in some continuities before his father died, he was actually really abusive. And that this was given to explain why Cap is so steadfast in his beliefs and unwavering no matter what happens because it can't compare to what he went through as a child. 
Um, and that a lot of people also use that to say that that's why Captain America doesn't flinch in a fight and will essentially do it all day. Um, and um, other than that, when the Nazis started to rise, he decided that he wanted to go ahead and serve the country. However, because he was a super frail little boy for the most part, um, they said no. Essentially what happens is he signs up for the super soldier serum project and the project name is rebirth at the time where he takes a captain america serum or the super soldier serum and becomes the perfect man um so captain america has regenerative powers essentially look at him as like a two times person he's super strong doesn't really age and his um high metabolic rates all the way through slow down things like poison He's also skilled in logistics and strategy from his time in the military, and he's very efficient in hand-to-hand combat and his shield. And not a bad cartoonist. And not a bad cartoonist. He's an illustrator. Would you like to give another fun fact in that area? Is there one that I should be thinking of that there I'm not? There is. What am, I, yeah. what am I spacing on? In some comics, Captain America actually illustrates Cam- Com- Captain America comic books in the comics. Oh yeah, that is really that is really good. Yep. I told I'm you. just thinking about when he draws the little monkey on the unicycle in First Avenger and how sad that was. Yeah. Um, but that Easter egg was directly to him because initially before he decided to join the military, mm-hmm. he was an illustrator in a unnamed university. So the character's costume, uh, bearing an American flag motif. Uh, he utilizes a nearly indestructible shield, which he throws as a projectile. And if we want to talk about a shield for a little bit, it's really interesting because it's not always the same metal. Sometimes it's adamantium, sometimes it's adamantium and vibranium, sometimes it's vibranium. Yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like for me, like what I count as continuity is that it is vibranium because a lot of what they've done with him thematically through the through the Marvel Universe and the comics is so many things are being done in response to his existence in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Where there are, there, like Wolverine and Deadpool are both the result of trying to create a new super soldier. Adamantium is a result of trying to replicate Vibranium, um, which was a Wakandan resource that like came to, I guess, American prominence or popularity or knowledge via Ulysses Howard's Claw. experiments making the shield and Ulysses Claw. And so it's this thing of like, so much of the MC or of the Marvel universe goes back to people trying to recreate Steve in some capacity. And so I like the idea that it was vibranium, but yeah, they kind of bounce around in terms of what it's made and what its properties are and how it works. And yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I honestly try to figure out what it is, but I don't know how the hell he gets it to boomerang. Yeah. Especially cause the idea that it is that it absorbs vibrations, which I don't understand how it bounces off things at that point, <laughs> but I'm not a scientist. So what do I know? I'm looking at the scientist on the podcast. Oh, I was going to ask when you were doing the little illustra- illustration fun fact if he was a physicist from all the projectiles. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> which is funny because he is a member of the Illuminati, which is one of the organizations um, during Secret Wars, I want to say. I think so, yeah. Um, which I will say, that's a shortcoming that the Marvel co- or that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has for me is that Steve is really smart and those movies don't always show it. Yeah, but he's smart in a different way. So, like, the members of the Illuminati, uh, Illuminati are Stephen Strange, Charles Xavier, um, Tony, Tony Stark, Stark, Reed Richards. And Reed Richards. So, and originally Bruce Banner until he gets shot into space, right? Yep. 
And so, yeah. like, they are essentially, like, the smartest of the smart, and then you have Cap. And so a lot of people thought it was weird. But the thing is, Cap ends up taking, like, a natural leadership role in a lot of the teams that he takes because of his time as a soldier and his mm-hmm. ability to think strategically, not essential, not how, like, it's a different type of smart. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But no, he's not a physicist. That's why he doesn't cut the wire. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, going into this, uh, near the end of the war, war, he ended up trapped in ice and survived in suspended animation until he was revived in the present day. Present day obviously shifts depending on what run of the comic you're doing and um, how they're taking it. And um, he ha- he's essentially a man out of time, and this theme is done really well in the Captain America comics, I think, in a way where it is a man at a time confused by what's around him but not having a hard time to change to them and like immediately using like a diana or thor coming into the coming into a new world um so Mm -hmm. there's something different to say with being out of place in the world and also being out of time that seem like they may mimic each other a little bit um but cap's quality has been his ability to adapt through these changing areas Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of surprisingly well adjusted for that. Of like, oh, what's that? I lost twenty years of my life. What's going on now? What's yep. the internet like? <laughs> yeah, internet so useful. Not good. That was, that was such a good scene. I loved that. <laughs> I actually be I I do carry a notebook on me everywhere that I go and write down things that people recommend. I like look up or watch or read or anything like that because of that scene in Winter Soldier. So I think we may have to do like an intervention for Captain America. Yeah, I think I think we're there. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible it's very possible. But also like then the number of times that I've actually been able to go back to the person who told me about something and be like, "Hey, I looked at it. I want to talk about it." Uh, I feel like I've had very rewarding conversations out of having that as a practice. Fair. Very fair. Is your did you just do your haircut like Captain America for this recording? No, my hair is always no, like just this. kidding. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Um, Okay, so although Captain America often struggles to maintain his ideals as a man at a time with modern realities, he remains a highly respected figure in his communities, which includes being a longtime leader of the Avenger, and as I mentioned, pretty much any other team you put him on. And it's not necessarily that he... He's... And so this is where we start our comparisons between, you know, his foil, Tony. Like, he doesn't come in and demand you listen to him. He comes in and pretty much people just flock to him um it's a very different type of leadership and a lot of it comes from just sticking to the plan and strategy Mm -hmm. not saying one's better than the other they're just two different leadership styles i personally am a tony leader as in i come in and i just say look at me now so (laughs) i'm being honest Whatever Um, whatever floats my boat yep um so quick fun fact too in the death of captain america after civil war he actually is frozen again and he's sent Mm -hmm. to namor to be protected instead of actually burying him in arlington where they had the funeral um he's sent to the deepest part of the sea to be guarded by namor for the rest of his life or for the rest of namor's life um and it it's a really cool like full loop from where he came to Mm -hmm. the avengers and also a way of showing the immense respect that even after Civil War, the respect that everybody had towards him. Yeah. So, 
I'm doing good on time. We're at 20 minutes and we're getting into the butt why those already. Because I figured this was the most important part, um, especially with like current conversations that go in in comic books and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So let's start with where Captain America started. Nazi punching and war propaganda. Socking old Adolf on the jaw. <laughs> so in Captain America comics number one, in um, which is dated March 1941, but comes out December 20th, 1940, a year before the attack on Pearl Harbor, but with a full year into World War II, um, it shows him punching Nazi leader Adolf Hitler square in the jaw, and it sold nearly a million copies. Which, think about that. A million yeah. copies in the 40s. I was say, in, in wartime, when people were like, hey, we need to have enough money for food. Exactly. Um, so the amount of gravitas that he had when he came on the scene like that it's something that i don't think you can replicate with a lot of other first editions of a comic um another really unique thing about captain america comics is that they were published in three story pieces so you would get one comic with three stories and it's the first time from timely comics that this happens because before then they would publish one comic and then they'd have three completely different stories but they ran with captain america the moment they got him that's cool yep um and a lot of that has to do with like you want to get the most for your five cents yeah yeah (laughs) i I wish i went to the uh midnight release for action comics 1000 and spent eight dollars on a single i mean granted it's an 80 page comic but eight dollars on a comic yeah. And I don't even want to adjust for inflation to know how little that would have cost me back then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Superman 1000. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. They had there was cake and it was it was fun. There was cake. Cake is the best part of a lot of things. Like let's be real, it was a midnight release for a comic. There was like 20 people there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, while most readers did favorably respond to the comic, given its sales, there were a lot of objections, because at this time, there were some people calling not to join the war, Um, and when the first, and this is a direct quote, um, when the first issue came out, we got a lot of threatening letters and hate mail. Some people really opposed what Cap stood for. The threats, which included menacing groups of people loitering out on the street outside of the offices, proved so serious that police protection was, was posted with New York City Mayor um fiorello laguardia is that where we get the airport yeah okay (laughs) yeah fiorello uh, laguardia and he personally had to contact um simon and kirby to give his support because of the amount of um, harassment and threats they were receiving which is really surprising yeah um so this feeds directly into what was formed during wartime and it's called the war writers board So in the 40s, you have comics on the rise and you have it as this tool, not only for entertainment, but to reinstill American values and to reinstill the war and to make sure the war effort continues and uh, grows. Uh, So you would have troops leaving with with not with thousands of copies of comic books with them for support. And then you would have people at home reading stories that were specifically crafted um, to make them support the war. So when you look at Cap in the early years, and this goes on well into the 50s when he's a commie smasher, that's literally what he's called. Mm-hmm. Um, the War Writers Board, um, 
they were made to promote specifically government policies and discourage profiteering. They started out as a private entity, so a, a private citizenry that wanted to do this on their own, and then they quickly joined the U.S. Office of War Information, where they were working official talking points from the U.S. into what they were writing. Hmm. So the main pieces behind this were to unite the people behind the war effort, encourage the vigilance against enemy spies, and there are quite a few Captain America stories where he's dealing with spies in his midst, um, portray the enemy as immoral, brutal, and subhuman. Mainly Japanese is how you end up with really, really racist caricatures um, in yeah, early I've seen Yeah, I've seen comics. some of those early comics, and they are rough. Yeah, they're, they're really horrible. Um, and uh, and that was specifically done because you needed to show how great and perfect American America was, and American superiority is where Cap comes out of. Um, this mm-hmm. changes as the years go on, um, but at this point in his history, he is perfect. America is perfect, and America will win the war. Um, they also use this to assure the population that the Allies were fighting. So you can you can kind of look at comics in this period akin to paying five cents to go in, to go to a movie and see pictures of different raids or to see uh, mi- like movies of different raids and stuff happening because they mm-hmm. wanted to reassure you that any war bond that you were buying was actually going to support the war. And so they had they felt like they had to show you images of that and that the Allies yeah. were fighting and winning. And they also did it to rebuke a high influx of Axis propaganda that was coming not only in Europe, which is one of the reasons why they would bring the comics with them um, when they deployed, but also what was coming into the United States from fascist uh, from fascist sympathizers. Any question on that history lesson? No, it was, that was solid. There we go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think this is like the second comic that we've talked about that comes from this because Mar- uh, Wonder Woman also has mm-hmm. this lineage with her. Um, yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I know that my sister is a lot more educated on this than I am, but so many superheroes, uh, quote unquote, died in World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, if you actually look at what the comic book landscape was before the war and after the war, it is two separate worlds. And I know, like, for instance, uh, Superman stayed alive by not fighting in World War II. Yep. Uh, they made a very specific choice of like, well, how do you put Superman in World War II and not have the war be over that same day? And so they <laughs> spun his story as like, well, he's going to stay home and defend America. And you get, you know, truth, freedom, and the American way out of that. But like, it is this weird thing of like, Captain America is one of the only superheroes I can think of who fought the war and lived through it. He lived through it, but then had his comic canceled soon after because... That's com- true. Yeah, because, because it didn't work. comic book sales tank after mm-hmm. World War II. Um, and and having him it, as a comedy smasher wasn't, it didn't work. It wasn't good. No, no. And a lot of it has to do with like having to break writers out of this, you know, this, this war writers board like mentality. Yeah. Um, and now they had to come up with new and different things and mm-hmm. it, it's not a sure sell. And so t- comic sales tanked and support yeah. for the heroes in the comics tanked as well. Yeah. Um, which that's crazy to me because I know that World War II basically birthed the economy that made pop culture a possibility. Mm-hmm. Like, and so the idea that then comic books immediately tanked after that is like, well, but no, like people finally have money and time for this and like leisure and luxury and frivolity are like prime American values at that point in time. Yeah. But apparently comic books, yeah, just couldn't cut it at first. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big things to note too 
in these comic books, like you said, with World War II and anything that had to do with the war setting, like they're very focused on reflecting the issues of the day. So as those issues fall away and you don't have a big bad to look onto or it falls Mm -hmm. out of favor to critique it that way, um, specifically you'll see this with the heavy fall of McCarthy uh, um, after McCarthyism. Um, that's mm-hmm. when it starts happening. If you don't have the big boogeyman for your nationalistic superhero to fight, you really don't have a comic to sell. Yeah. And that was one of their biggest issues. And this is where we get to the section that I like to call, get your politics out of my comics. Um, because I've seen on many places on the internet that people say that Captain America is not a place for politics. Okay, here's the thing. So some people are born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Others are born punching Hitler in the face. And when you're born punching Hitler in the face, it's hard to say you're not political. Pretty much. Pretty much. That nails it on the head. Um, So since, like I said, everything I just said reinforced the fact that Captain America exists to prove a political point and to be used as a political pawn to sway people's favor. Um, Now, that's not necessarily how he's used in his current run or the 2000s because it does change to reflecting and critiquing America. And you can even say that in the 70s when we go through a lot of the political turmoil. Mm -hmm. However, um, he is almost always fighting what America is fighting at the time, which goes specifically to politics. So obviously Red Skull and Zemo are Nazis. Um, Mm -hmm. Hydra are Nazis. Um, you have neo-Nazi fighting with Crossbones and Dr. Faustus. You also have um, Anarchy. And I don't really agree with this characterization. Um, so I got a breakdown of this from uh, Comic Vine and uh, Com- Comic Vine Wikipedia and another source. And I can agree with all the characterizations of these people with the exception of the Anarchy one with Flag Smasher. Um, so Flag Smasher is a character who specifically targets... Um, nationalistic icons and identity and he doesn't like it's just not a proper use of the word anarchy like anarchy means a dismantling he's more like an iconoclast exactly he's an iconoclast he's not an anarchist so fix your websites that's not the term Um, I just picture that guy just like stomping on flags in front of like veteran homes and just like triggering people it's hard to smash fabric Yeah. yeah So I guess flag burner is too on the nose. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see, but this is the thing, though. Um, This is one of the really interesting things that happens and shows the evolution of Captain America is there there are two really prominent scenes in later Captain America issues that I'll get to later where Steve himself states that the nation means nothing and the flag means nothing. So he is no longer fighting Flag Smasher at that Mm -hmm. time. Um, However... This what? guy is this guy is space ghost. Pretty much, he is <laughs> really space bad. ghost it's with a mace. Really bad. <laughs> Holy moly! I'll link to him in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, we need we need to we need to link flag smasher in our show notes as like <laughs> it is really bad. <laughs> He's so bad. There's an action figure. I kind of want Why? it. Why? I kind of want it. <laughs> he looked like space goes it just blows my mind like how they, how they got away with doing this i like space ghost i like space ghost too that's why i'm just so like blown away by this um so now that i've given you my spiel on how the internet uses words wrong um 
you have communism, um, specifically with Alexander Lucan. He's probably the biggest villain that represents this. But as I said before, he was a commie smasher in the 50s. And we're talking extreme, like, McCarthyist propaganda. And he, mm-hmm. in those comics, they do have examples of existing celebrity figures who were being targeted through the uh, McCarthy trials. Hmm. And does everybody on the podcast know what the McCarthy trials are? Yes. Yes. Yep. Should I explain them or go? Uh, give like a 30 second. Don't what they take are 30 for... seconds. You have two sentences. Yeah, two I sentences. Two sentences. <sighs> okay. Uh, in the 50s, McCarthy was in Congress and he led congressional hearings trying to root out communism in Hollywood, which he believed was corrupting, corrupting everybody's minds. And it turned into a giant witch hunt in which he ruined many lives and careers, even leading to people being guilt. Yeah, like this is how people got blackballed and yes. like this, lost their... Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's McCarthyism. Um, and then he fights both international and domestic terrorism. This is another place where it gets... So there's a big period of time between commie smasher cap and overtly fighting terrorism cap. And he, it's not that he's perfect in, or like the, the artists aren't perfect in some of the representations of people. However, Mm -hmm. um, after, I don't remember the date and I I should remember the date because I wrote about it in my master's thesis. Um, but there is a specific comic run. And if you walk into a comic book shop and say, I want the, um, cap fights terrorist arc, they can tell you exactly what it is. Um, he essentially saves a city, from terrorists there's like a giant cross and it's it's extremely bad and Mm -hmm. really over the head and like i saw what you were going for you just look really really problematic right now yeah Um, if not racist that was one arc that i was like oh you're really going back to those really bad depictions of things that you used to do captain america yeah you're, you're doing a not good thing Yes. Um, so that does exist. And again, this all comes from, and it, it's not, it's in no way justifying those representations of any of the people in those comics. However, it does go to show how Cap and what Cap fights is entirely encapsulated by the time that he's being written. And I will say this this is not the worst. Frank Miller wins that award for his graphic novel about Batman. Um, it's really bad. Um, but anyway, um, so outside of that, he also fights fanaticism. And this is something that happens later. So he actually fights um, specifically. He has a line where he says that um, it's, it's like essentially too much patriotism is fanaticism. And he's fighting Nuke. Hmm. And so what happens after Cap is done, you have various people like uh, Alex said, trying to replicate the rebirth program and replicate um, the success and so you have Nuke I don't remember his first name but he's Simpson if you watch Jessica Jones season one this is the character that he's supposed to be and he's essentially Cap but extremely nationalistic and a fanatic um, so the super soldier serum ends up messing with his mind and he has like a flag like tattooed on his face and Cap ends up fighting with him, and it, it gets to show this this dichotomy between what is a patriot and what is a fanatic, and it's it's a really good um, like parallel with each other. And Nuke actually makes his first appearance in Daredevil, I believe. 
which is why he was in the Jessica Jones show. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we go further into Get Your Politics Out of My Comics, um, I want to bring up the, uh, the miniseries Truth, Red, White, and Blue, which is essentially a Captain America prequel. Um, I know in a lot of our other episodes, we stay focused just on the main character who wore the mantle. However, I think it's really important to understand what Captain America means and what he's accomplished in pop culture by talking about the different people who have, um, some of the people, because many people have worn the mantle of Captain America. Mm -hmm. Um, but some of them, specifically Truth, Red, White, and Blue, it was created by Axel Alonso and written by Robert Morales. Um, they're both two um, Latino um, Latinos in the comic book industry. And specifically, it came from having, I believe it was a conversation with the creative director. And he was saying, well, what if, you know, we actually looked at the reality of what would have happened at that time with experiments. And that mm-hmm. reality is that the U.S. government would specifically perform experiments on black Americans um, and in a lot of situations kill them um, from them. They would go in not knowing what they were getting into um, and essentially were taken advantage of in those situations. So Robert Morales heard this um, and was like, okay. He kind of laughed a little bit like, you're not serious. And then he was like, oh, you are serious. And then they wrote the Isaiah Bradley story. So Isaiah Bradley is the first Captain America. He is successful in his super soldier serum. However, what ends up happening is Isaiah Bradley's mind deteriorates. So where the super soldier serum saves his body and preserves it, it doesn't preserve his mind. Um, And this is one of the largest problems. And this was done to hearken to um, uh, Muhammad Ali's um, deteriorating um, mental state at at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this is when his, I believe this is, um, when his battle with Parkinson's had, had really, you know, um, made it, I guess, in, in the public consciousness. Um, and yeah. just to kind of show how it, how science and where this program that he would have come out, what it would have been grounded in. Um, so after that, you actually have Josiah X or Josiah Bradley, who is um, Isaiah Bradley's son, pick up the mantle um mm-hmm of Captain America and the crew that only existed for seven issues. So it's not necessarily too important with the exception that his son goes by Josiah X um, and is a black American Muslim and the first appearance of an American Muslim in a comic book as Captain America. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you get Elijah Bradley Mm -hmm. who is Patriot and who actually Steve gives him his original world war two shield to use. And it's like, okay, this is a really cool way of showing how that legacy is carried out and fulfilled. Yep, and he is in New Avengers? I think so. Yeah. And I know that he's in... I Like, I first learned about him when reading Civil War for the first time. Yeah. Because he and, shows up in that. And, like, specifically to tie it back to a case, um, Robert Morales um, did a bunch of research and interviews um, with people involved or knowing of the Tuskegee experiment. Um, I'm not going to go into it because it's You don't want to go into really, that? I don't want to go into that because I'm already <laughs> on a down note. Um, however... For a comic book to say, hey, our superhero was made like this, let's look at the actual historical and real implications of what this would have meant at that time period, that's pretty cool. Um, Yeah. And this isn't a recent event. Isaiah Bradley has been around for a while. Um, 
So yeah, if you want to look up the Tuskegee experiments, um, they'll give you some more info as to what the writer was pulling off of. And then, as I said earlier, after Cap and and Alex said, they continually try to replicate this. Um, the Weapon X program is retconned into this um, lineage. It wasn't initially there, but then they wrapped it into it. Um, and none of those end good. They're yep. usually all warped, um, villainous, or... Um, just like not able to live yeah Um, well there's a jack monroe and what's his face who are like the they're the the bucky and cap that the commie smasher gets blamed on right Mm Mm-hmm. yep and essentially what this leads to is kind of um in different arcs this understanding that steve has and realizing like what his very existence has caused specifically when he's trying to fight these people and it gives a lot of depth to his character and shows that, like, he isn't a Boy Scout without having to deal with really big issues. Yeah, it's really more like he's a Boy more. Scout in spite of those issues. Exactly. So, as we move on, just to solidify my point here, Simon said that Captain America was consciously a political creation. Both he and Kirby were morally repulsed by the actions of Nazi Germany in the years leading up to the United States' involvement in World War II and felt the war was inevitable. The opponents of, and this is a quote, the opponents of the war were all quite well organized and we wanted to have our say in it too. Captain America was the first major comic book hero to take a political stand. Hitler was a marvelous foil. So... Yeah, that's my pin in it. <laughs> Real on the nose. I love that. Because, <laughs> like, there's some other ones. Like, I can see some arguments for, like, apolitical comic book characters. Mm-hmm. But Captain America, like, it's in the name. Yeah, his, like, name is like, literally Captain America. Like, you're surprised that the guy named Captain America takes, like, is has political implications in it? Are you serious? Seriously. Oh, no. well, and Captain that he... America deals with real-world American issues. That's terrible. Right. Well, and in the context of World War II, the guy is literally the living embodiment of everything that Hitler was trying to achieve and was just a giant statement of like, hey, Hitler, if a perfect person did exist, they wouldn't side with you. Exactly. So that, like that yeah, that is definitely one of my, but why, but why those are the bottom, but that is perfect. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that's what he was born out of is like this idea that like, yeah, we're going to get really, really political with this from day one. Yeah. They, he is the Uberman. She is the perfect man to like the Aryan specifications that Hitler mm-hmm. wanted and he punches him in the face. Yeah, and yep. situations like that like just don't read it. If <laughs> it's like that big of an issue for you, like he just he just came out. Like it's not like you're emotionally attached to this character and they just randomly decided to like make him political. Like no, he's always been like that. So if you don't like it, then don't just read don't it. read it. The, <laughs> it's the not idea that of a hard. Spend your one cent a- somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the idea of a pre-World War II Captain America is just weird to me. Like, I don't even know what that would look like. The idea of, like, oh, no, we've loved this character for years, and now you're trying to make him fight Nazis? Like, no. Like, again, he was born punching Hitler in the face. Exactly. Um, So that kind of goes directly into my next but why, though, which is the American dream. And one of the reasons this is really important is that Captain America at the time then and in this time now like he pretty much has everything that he can just skate by things like you remove the man out of time thing he totally can just have a fine time with life doesn't have to attack all these big things and especially since he has such a nice little area within the US government why would he fight back 
Um, because Captain America isn't an asshole and isn't performative. He's awesome. <laughs> and so essentially what happens is um, in the 70s, you had the Nixon Watergate scandal. And so Captain America comics, confront um, they confront this. And they have Captain America kind of have to reconcile, reconcile this terribleness in the country and what he has on his chest. Um, and at this point, he has Falcon with him um, and... Ugly Falcon. Yeah. Falcon's costume was bad. Um, yeah. It's so gaudy. <laughs> oh, gosh. I it's it. so bad. The, like, the face covering isn't even connected to anything else. I'll take that yeah. over Flag Smasher. It, it doesn't the the original Falcon costume doesn't it do the weird DC thing where like it connects the shoulders to the head but there's no top to the head? Yes. Yes. Oh, I hate that. I don't know why DC does it as much as they do. I don't know how people put that on. So yeah, but my bigger thing isn't necessarily the top head; it's the deep like J Lo V cut. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the more thing that I recognize, not so much the hair. It, it's the deep J Lo V cut that bothers You're me. You gotta show off the. The pecs. I just I want to see them try to convince Anthony Mackie to try on that costume. Have you seen Anthony Mackie? Like, have you seen him give interviews and stuff? He would do that. No, I know. That's why I want them to try because he's a ridiculous person. <laughs> um, uh, my sister met him at Comic Con a few years ago, and he had been announced that he would be there on his birthday or yeah. on her birthday. And so she kept joking that he was her birthday present. And then she told him, like, oh, yeah, they announced you were going to be here on my birthday. And his response, without her saying anything, was, I'm your birthday present. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah, you are the dork that you are in interviews. That is awesome. Um, so if you go specifically to this run, and I have a panel from it in our, in our personal notes that we're using right now, and I'll include it in the show notes, um, you have a narration from Falcon looking onto Cap, and it says, A man can change in a flicker of time. This man trusted the country of his birth. He saw its flaws, but trusted in its basic framework, its stated goals, its long-term virtue. Trusted. This man now is crushed inside, like millions of other Americans, each in his each in his own way. He has seen his trust mocked, and this man is Captain America. Um, and this leads into him putting away his shield and becoming Nomad. Um, and this is specifically where he also has the turn where he realizes that Captain America as an identity is more than being a symbol of the country. Mm -hmm. And it's more about embodying the spirit of America and the spirit of the American dream, which means that when something corrupt and when something bad is happening, and this is this is a turn in the comics to directly address issues that and, and problems that America has. And it, it kind of pushes back against this American superiority or Western superiority narrative and reflects on itself. And so he becomes, he realizes at the end of this only like seven issues, like, or it's mm -hmm. not even seven issues. It's it's not even seven issues. Like he goes back to the suit pretty fast, but yeah. this is one of the times that he quits being Cap. Um, and when he comes back, he just you know he sees it as a symbol, and um, he becomes a person of conviction. And that conviction is something that won't be manipulated in what other people's um, or corrupt individuals' idea of America is. So I assume this is like the Captain America we're getting in Infinity War. I, I Basically. I've, I've yeah. never read Captain America, so I'm, I'm learning a whole bunch. Is why I'm not really talking much. And oh, yeah. Um, if I do talk and ask questions, I'm sure we're going to be here for four hours. But I will say, 
what I usually do when I'm like just listening, I just like Google stuff so I can you know put picture to whatever, which is why I'm commenting on costumes. Why mm-hmm. did we not get Nomad's costume? Oh, I I love and hate the Nomad costume Yo, so much. I need Chris. I need him in this costume. It is one of the worst things I've ever <laughs> he seen. He needs this cape and this deep V cut in Infinity War, and I'm so disappointed that we get bearded Cap and not deep V cap with like a big flow. Why cape. not both? I know. I'm like, I'll take both. That's perfectly fine. Bearded Cap, I'm gonna, deep V to his belly button. I'm gonna yep. get rid of the cape. I'm gonna get rid of the shield, but I'm gonna put on this big flowy cape that makes me like even more recognizable. But my name will be Nomad. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> It is. But yeah, uh, the Rousseau brothers, I think, have not necessarily officially commented on it. But if you look at the IMDb listing, uh, Chris Evans is listed as playing Steve Rogers. Yeah. And there is no slash after his name like everybody else. And then if you and also, so, yeah, and then like if you also look at his costume, the stars there's no are star. off and it's straight yeah. black. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that they're just going to, even if they don't call him Nomad, he's Nomad. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for confirming, guys, and letting me comments on uh, Captain America's Nomad costume. Or Steve <laughs> Rogers' Nomad costume. Beautiful. You get a V-cut. You get a V-cut. <laughs> Everyone gets you a, get V-cut. a V-cut. And yet, I've never seen someone cosplay it. <gasps> Matt! Matt, please! I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a picture, just so you can V-cut see V-cut Captain America. No. Please! You have, like, the I don't like, even wear hair. regular V-cuts. I'm not a fan of any types of V-cuts. This is a deep V, Matt. Very deep. This is less a V-cut and more like the front of your shirt is missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could do that. Look at that hair. I hate the rest of the hot costume. I don't even like the colors. Well, that's black. Black and yellow. Black and yellow. Black and, black and yellow. <laughs> I had enough of that song, too. Okay. Anyway, so as we move right along from the deep V cuts. Oh, that should totally be a thing. Like, instead of deep cuts, you know, like deep V cuts. Just a costume critique podcast. Exactly. So another way that we really see this idea of Cap kind of pushing away the, um, not kind of, but really pushing away the idea that he belongs to a country or even a politician or leader is when, a, I don't remember his name, but a general ends up trying to take advantage of his loyalty. And mm-hmm. he ends up explicitly saying that a nation is nothing. A flag is nothing but a piece of cloth. Mm-hmm. And that, that that is not what his loyalty is to. Because this is where we get the I'm loyal to nothing but the dream, right? Exactly, which yeah. I'm about to quote because I have the panel right Read here. Read the panel, please. I love this. Yeah. Um, so listen to me, all of you out there. You were told by this man, your hero, that America is the greatest country in the world. He told you that Americans were the greatest people, that America could be refined like silver, could have the impurities hammered out of it and shine more brightly. He went on about his precious America, how precious America was, how you needed to make sure it remained great. And he told you anything was justified to preserve that great treasure, that pearl of great peace that is America, uh, that, uh, that pearl of great price that is America. Well, I say America is nothing. Without its ideals, its commitment to freedom of all men, America is a piece of trash. A nation is nothing. A flag is a piece of cloth. 
I fought, Ad- I fought Adolf Hitler not because America was great, but because it was fragile. I knew that liberty could as easily be snuffed out of here as in Nazi Germany. As a people, we were no different from them. When I returned, I saw that you nearly did turn America into nothing. And the only reason you're not less than nothing is that it's still possible for you to bring freedom back to America. It's so good. Because that's also when they basically say, like, you work for us or you're not Captain America anymore. And he leaves his suit and shield on a desk and just walks away. Yep. There's and then he immediately silence. goes to Tony and goes, hey, I need another shield because I'm not done. Yep. Um, yeah. And in the corner of the panel, what Matt just said, it says there is a long silence. Then. And then. That, that is him. That's the real Captain America. So good. Yeah. Um, and so this is where you just get like this this affirmation that and he does it again. I had the panel in here, but I couldn't figure out where to put it. And I'll include it in the show notes. But he has a speech where he exemplifies that he's not a superhero. He is a man for the people and he will be defined by the people because that is what America is. And that's the dream. And so like this is like really integral to understanding who Cap is and why he in that he acts the way he does in Civil War. Um so yeah, I personally love that speech. One of our fan, but why those called out that speech as well. It's um, and I think one of the really interesting things to say too is that I referenced that Falcon is in this, and Falcon is actually the first African American comic book ca- uh, character. And I say African American specifically to uh, differentiate him from T'Challa because T'Challa is the first African character. Um, so he's the first black character, um, but uh, Falcon is the mm-hmm. first black American. So yeah, that's yeah. also really cool about Captain America and kind of shows mm-hmm. that even though he's a man out of time, um, he kind of has had started when they introduced Falcon to push past that and start breaking down a lot of yeah. um, presumptions that people had what America was and this like really like, I mean, he can, he, he it's, yeah. So we'll keep going. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it is very cool to see especially because that was falcon was introduced late 60s early 70s -hmm. is that right yep so yeah when like it probably wasn't necessarily a popular publishing move to not only include a black superhero but to make him you know right there fighting alongside captain america and for marvel to go like no because that's what captain america would do and that's who he is and what he's about and that's what america should do exactly yeah and that and that's a lot of what you see is even when he was like propaganda cap a lot of Captain America comic books are encapsulating the spirit of what you should do as an American. And a lot of that means to question and to care and to look past a lot of, you know, bigotedness that may be, that you may see and to speak up and use it and not just skate by, which I think one of the things that has really intrigued me watching, like going back and reading some of the comics after watching Civil War, because Chris Evans is what made me like Captain America first, but Mm -hmm. actually seeing Cap like use his privilege and this power that everybody's given him to help the little guy and to help people Mm -hmm. that are being hurt. Um, so in 1982, this is another really big thing. Um, in 1982, issue 270, titled "Someone Who Cares," you actually get Cap confronting homophobia and becoming a sim. And this is where he kind of solidifies. It, it's after Nixon, but this is the first time you have something that is a really strong, <laughs> direct link 
to something that's happening in the U.S. So in the 80s, you have the AIDS epidemic happening and you have strong um, homophobic sentiment throughout the media because of this. Mm -hmm. And so Captain America, he essentially comes back home and he finds his old friend who essentially adopted him. His friend's family was his family because his father was dead. His mom was always working and he lived with him and his name was Arnie. And you end up finding through the process of the comic book that Arnie is um, is actually gay and his roommate that shows up in the beginning of the comic book is actually his boyfriend slash husband or par- partner um, at this time because, you know, um, it um, same-sex marriage wasn't legal. Um, and so you end up having this really powerful scene. I don't have it in here, but this is, it was this really powerful scene where Arnie is being controlled and he's having to say a lot of things and it's all about himself. And it is essentially every like any type of homophobic remark that you can put into a comic book at this time he's having to repeat about himself and throw at captain hmm. america and the it ends with cap breaking the control and saying arnie listen to me no matter what words they force out of your mouth you know the truth you are not a freak you're as good and decent as a man i've ever known they can't corrupt your love for Michael with their with their lies any more than they can corrupt my love for Bernie. And Bernie is his girlfriend. Um, do you hear me, Arnie? They are the pariahs. They're di- they're the disease. And so you really have this strong like confirmation that like Cap is going to fight for people that are being extremely marginalized. And it is said plain and simple. And the comic ends with um, Arnie and Michael like in a in a hospital bed with cap walking out um and it's just it's it's a really great issue and it really points to like how when people start yelling like sjw marvel now and like all this stuff like this is embedded in marvel and specifically in captain america which makes it when um sam cap happens and so sam cap is what like a lot of the people who read refer to as um, Sam who is Falcon taking over the Captain mm-hmm. American uh, the Captain America mantle and what Sam Cap does is he realizes that he can't hide his politics like Cap did because of who he is and he has to be a different Captain America because he is a black man um, yeah. which makes him confront issues of um, police brutality and actually have this inner mo- monologue where he's remembering all the times Steve had actually bailed him out when he had been arrested falsely and stuff like that. So, yeah. like, all of this sets up for, like, what we have in, cur- in current day continuity and mm-hmm. how Cap is, like, why people gravitate towards Cap. And a lot of it has to do with this specific fighting for people who have been hurt. So... I have to talk about, I, I talked obviously about some of the racism that is in Captain America comics because yeah. you can't escape it. That is there. Um, another one of his weaknesses that fans see is that he's just too good. He's a Boy Scout and his altruistic nature makes him unrelatable. I Personally, I just, the whole argument that any, that a character being too good of a person makes them not a good hero doesn't work for me. It feels like if the only heroes that you admire are the ones that are only a half step above you, that feels almost like a lazy admiration of, like, I can't bother to be inspired by somebody who would ask me to put some effort in. Um, So for me, like, and obviously, you know, people are all at different places, but for me, like, the heroes that I like the most are the ones that, like, I have to work to be, like, that person or to to aspire to that. Um, Like, the idea of, you know, like, if if somebody is on the 5,000th mile of a journey and I'm on the first... 
that doesn't mean that they didn't walk miles two through 4,999. Like they, like I can still see those things in them and know that they worked through that and that they put in the effort too. And that like, I'm walking along that same path. Like I don't need to see that like, Oh, well they're only on mile 10. They're not that far ahead of me. Um, and I think that there's something to be said for there. There is something very much to be said for the heroes that feel attainable and, and, you know, like Iron Man and Batman are like the two big examples people point to of like, well, that could be me. Um, but then, you know, like, I don't know, Superman and Captain America are so unattainable because they're too much of Boy Scouts. And I'm like, no, I kind of like that. I like the idea of somebody who is like that convicted and who's that quote good. And the idea that that's something that we could all be working toward. But I'll get more into that in my but why, though. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, Alex said because I, I, because because I don't like super good characters, I, I have terrible judgment and and everything in my whole life is a lie. So, <laughs> no, um, I, I mean, I, it just so happens that my least favorite characters are like Alex's favorites. Uh, I don't like Superman and I don't like Captain America um, for kind of like a lot of reasons that. Or were said um, the characters I like in in you know villain or heroes or something that um, are I I feel were related to in in some form or fashion. I said I would do I would do cool shit if I had Captain America powers. Um, <laughs> punching yeah. Nazis isn't the first thing on my mind, and I mean I'm sorry, it's just not. Uh, <laughs> no, totally, yeah. But if I had like you know super you know intellect and a lot of money, I would probably build suits and run around not hiding my alias as Iron Man. So I think it's just different strokes for different folks, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, I think I will say, um, I mean, I never read Captain America comics just because I kind of like knew what his character was more or less about. So I never really got into it. But a lot of the stuff that Kate's gone through has made me like him more and kind of wishes that we kind of got a different Captain America in the MCU. Because I like Captain America less now than... I like Captain America less because of the MCU, kind of like opposite of Kate, where she likes Captain America more because of the MCU. Just because I the whole Boy Scout narrative is like annoying and like hmm. I'm gonna go say Bucky, despite everything and risking everything. Uh, so it, it's just not my he's not my cup of tea, but I understand why he's important and I like anyone who punches Nazis. But <laughs> I'm not gonna go get like a Captain America's figurine of him. Yeah. So I'm a totally counter argument of Alex of I don't like Cap or the Boy Scout or Superman at all, and I think it's just totally unrealistic. And I think looking at all research of how they do with people, that nobody seems to be able to attain those type of qualities. I think the one guy who spent his entire life trying to see if people would do good and went going insane and killing himself. It's a it's, it's a Radio Lab episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's a search for altruism if you want to yeah. look it up. All right. <laughs> so he looks for it and finds out basically even in nature looking through a lot of this stuff that basically this whole common goal people would help other people or even animals would help other animals over themselves just doesn't seem to be actually attainable in the real world. Hmm. All right. But I will say I like Captain America more than I like Superman because he's human. Not and OP? Because he's not broken? Yeah, he's not broken, and his he's not powered by the sun, and, like, super, like, white bread. Like, Captain America's, like, slightly toasted white bread. For me. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So he's not as basic as Superman. Exactly. He's avocado toast. Yeah, he's yeah. avocado <laughs> toast. There you go. I like that. Um, Which the only thing on? I can also think about that is we kind of didn't really touch on the, a lot of the experiments and it's hard to talk from because of the person of science and what all came out of a lot of the discoveries and unfortunate unfortunate part of what the downside and bad effects of that the scientific parts of a lot of those experiments that were ran back were uh, kind of a lot of like drugs and cures and other yeah. types of things yeah. so it's can... a weird thing of looking at if you have humanity it is the most terrible things but if you take the humanity part out of that there was actually quite a bit of discoveries yeah um that that's actually like if we're talking about Nazis on this episode. That's actually Mm -hmm. one of the biggest issues. Um, So the Nazis actually discovered how to save people from a hypothermic state, Um, but they did that while experimenting on Jews, disabled, um, uh, uh, LGBT that were in the internment camps and getting ready to be killed, and they didn't care if they died. And Mm -hmm. so there was this big scientific, um, when it came to replicating this, and figuring stuff out is you could actually cut out years of work by using Nazi science. Yes, why that was good science. Yeah. But mm-hmm. bioethics was how do we use this science and detach it from the harm and like straight up murder that resulted from it. It's also how they cured syphilis. Yes. So the Tuskegee experiments yeah. they end up coming up with penicillin, but you also end up with massive amounts mm-hmm. of death pain and essentially torture um so that's like like you said the dark side of science um and it's a biomedical ethics question and not one we can answer on yeah this yeah podcast. No, i'm not saying we can but <laughs> <laughs> we just got very dark um <laughs> i mean to take it in that direction yes. but one you mentioned that and i was just like oh because it's a hard twist but, that's but taking a lot of bioethics yeah but that's one of the reasons why they made that truth series was to showcase the fact that this is the lineage that Cap would have been in and this is what would have happened. And yes, we ended up with Cap, but we also have what came before it. So, but yeah, I just don't believe you could actually find, I mean, there may be a random person, but in the statistics and the way nature works, to find an actual Captain America or Superman with those type of values, I don't think is realistic. Yeah, I mean, I never fault anyone who's like, "Oh, Captain America is my favorite." Oh yeah, superhero. I'm not gonna say I never, you are a terrible Superman's a little bit different because I have like this like deep like <laughs> hatred for Superman, especially in the DCEU. But um, it's not like someone's like, "Oh, relationship goals, Harley Quinn and Joker." Like, then I'm gonna question yeah. your life decisions. But Captain America's like, he's a perfectly fine like person to idolize because he's basically like, you know, what everyone should be, and it's just really hard. <laughs> and I don't I care. Give me, give me a step above me. Uh, I'm alright with that. <laughs> Hard things and right things and overlap me, all the time. And I actually like have been messaging like Alex in my like discovery of my love for Captain America, so like he can corroborate all of this story. Is like I went back and I read some of like the most iconic like t- Captain America panels and the most iconic issues, and I, I rewatch Civil War all the time, and I like get. I don't think that everybody can be like that, but if at least some people tried to do more, like not even like just getting to that step above what they're doing, like Mm -hmm. stop being performative and actually doing things and using what you have to do good. Like there's a lot of stuff that could change and maybe wouldn't be where we are now if more people did that with what they have. 
And so for me, like, I've had, like, this experience of, like, really not liking Cap because of what I thought he represented. Um, and what I, like, like, this is just the perfect man being perfect. That's it. That's all I ever thought. And then the more I actually got to do a lot of the deep digging, and it, it is because I do like his, like, a, a complicated, like, not necessarily lawful good persona in the MCU, that I went back and I reread Civil War. And I, 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 like, rethought through a lot of this stuff to kind of let him shine, because my first read-through, I didn't care about Cap. I was, like, going fastly through things to get to the next person to read, um, <laughs> because I didn't care. <laughs> and it's I just never saw him as somebody I could identify with and I don't know if I necessarily identify with him so much as I identify with what he stands for and I want more people to do what he does mm -hmm. um, so I've had like a really interesting relationship with Captain America yeah. yes <laughs> I, yeah I can confirm all of that um, specifically though when somebody tells you move you stand like a tree and you say no you move um yeah, I actually, I did pull that up because I saw that some of our But Why Those Later okay, references. Awesome. So I'm like, I have that ready to read that <laughs> so yeah, out. So quickly, Civil War, I think we should just do like an extra crossover episode with Alex and whoever Alex wants to bring on from his, his various shows to talk about the team <laughs> Iron Man versus Team Cap um, idea in Civil War. Um, but the fact that, that Cap is anti-registration in Civil War. And so if you haven't read Civil War, if you haven't seen the movie, it's essentially the government says that they need to re register. Can I correct you there? Yeah. For one, you should actually read the thing and don't actually really watch the movie if you want to find That's out about true. Civil War. That's true, yeah, because the movie does do so It makes it all about Bucky. That is the one thing yeah. I really hate about Civil War. Yeah. And also, really just read the main Civil They're War so storyline because yeah. every sub, like every side character, like the, the writers have their own interpretations yeah. of what the accords are. Like, they, somehow Marvel didn't cast a wide enough vision Pretty so that much. everybody knew what the Registration Act was. Uh, and it creates some really yeah. weird and moments throughout the side comics. But the, ba the basic idea is, you register now, you have to tell us who you are, what name you operate under, mm -hmm. like, and it exposes you, you answer it exposes to us. your family, it exposes everybody around you. Um, and it mm -hmm. essentially makes it so that people can find you and round you up. Um, and this is what Cap's biggest fear is because he lived through that internment and not just the internment of, um, of Jews in Nazi Germany, also the internment of Japanese Americans in the mm -hmm. United States. That is a very big part of a history and that's something that um, X-Men has also alluded to in the Days of Future Past um, arc that they run. And so mm -hmm. essentially how I see it, Adrian, you can argue with me because I know your team Iron Man and you've said it on the podcast before. Well, to be fair with Adrian's point of the thing was the he would read the movie that goes from like, quote unquote, Civil War with this anti-registration act to basically Bucky, Bucky which yeah. I can't no, say. Yeah. That is accurate. No, yeah. It's like, team, it's like team Iron Man for like the MCU part. Like okay. Civil War, the comic is like much more in depth and goes into like a lot deeper kind of like moral questions. Yeah, Civil War's <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to do that because they're not going to let me go find Bucky. And we killed a whole bunch of people, but I really don't care kind of yeah. thing, which is annoying. It's The Civil War movie's weird because if you made it from Tony's perspective, the whole fight yeah. over Bucky would be the background event. But when you watch it from Steve's yeah. perspective, the Accords are the background which event. Which sucks because he has one line about internment camps in there and then he loses it. And I'm just like... Mm -hmm. That's my biggest gripe with that movie. And yeah. It really yeah. bugs me. It's still my favorite out of all Marvel movies, but mm -hmm. that is a big and issue. They, 
I, I really loved it. But yeah, they could have done more with it. Also, that thing that I sent you guys on Twitter the other day of Steve is the only character yes. you actually see on camera reading them. Yeah. It, it's just too funny. Because um, I think, too, like, I, I think that the way the MCU has done Tony's arc, it makes you understand why he goes that way. Because he's internalized so oh, totally. much guilt that he's putting on everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. But in the comics, it is literally team internment camp, yeah. team not internment camp. Um, so for that, I kind of just skew to cap um, on all things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. But yeah, the MCU you could have done more. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So the last... The last one, I'm not even going to run through all my fun facts because I have a whole bunch of them. Um, like, Cap was and a werewolf once. And you said a whole bunch of them. Yeah, you've already said a lot of them. Yeah, yeah Cap Wolf. Um, so, yeah. Um, the last but why, though, that I have here is he's everywhere and people know him. Because everyone want, who wants to be Captain America in the comics. Like, whenever Cap puts down his shield, there are, like three to six people that want to take up the shield or just take it up um and because of a lot of retconning some of the really horrible stuff that cap did in like the 50s was retconned as a history teacher who wanted to be captain america and like changed his body through cosmetic surgery Mm -hmm. to actually be that captain america and it wasn't really captain america the entire time um so when it comes to wearing the mantle (laughs) yeah a lot of people try to do it. Uh, a KKK guy does it. Um, and he wears an all-white suit. <laughs> it goes everywhere, and it's insane. But everybody in the comics wants to be Cap. Um, and he's become an icon. And he's not... Even though everybody has known him pre-MCU, actually. he do- And pre-MCU, he doesn't have the spotlight that he does now. Um, in a different way than Tony... Because yeah. most people could tell you a lot of his background, but in the same vein as Tony, he wasn't really A-list for the most part. Like everybody knew him. Yeah, he he had his he had his Pretty day, much. and then he kind of yeah, because it was like, why off. are we doing the American superiority narrative? And so he just kind of fell to the background. And then once they start utilizing him and making him have these deeper critiques, you end up with a, a lot of lore around him. Um, so to that note, though, Captain America is actually the first Marvel comic character to appear outside of comic books. And he that was with his first movie serial called hmm. Captain America. And since then, he has been a character featured in a crap ton of films and movies. Um, and in the Marvel Cin- Cinematic Universe, he's portrayed yep. by Chris Evans, which if you don't know that, get out of your rock. Um, and he has Captain America, the first Avenger. The Avengers, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming <laughs> for his Henry Burris um, video, um, and then the upcoming Avengers oh, yeah. Infinity War, plus an untitled sequel. I did not know that he was officially there. I thought he was done, but yeah. yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been, yeah, there was like set photos and stuff. Also, fun fact, Chris Evans has had at least a cameo in one Marvel movie every yeah, single year since he first nice. played Cap. He's dead. He, yeah, like in Thor The Dark World, there's that quick shot with Loki. He's in the Spider-Man Homecoming videos. But yeah, one movie a year every year since Chris he played Evans Cap. embodies Captain America in real life. He really does. Um, 
So yeah, um, when you come to what they're ranked, Captain America is ranked the sixth most, most um, the sixth best uh, comic book hero of all time out of a hundred. And this is using the same IGN list that we've used forever because See, why I didn't change use it? this for Iron Man because of the basically how you talked about when we talked about before with the MCU basically skewing a lot of these. Lists. Yeah, yeah. So and essentially, that's why I didn't bother bringing any of this true. stuff when we did Iron Man. Yeah, because if so, like Matt brings up a really good point. Like that's him now. That definitely wouldn't have been if you had pulled him before the first Avenger comes out, or even before the MCU hype is around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before Winter Soldier or Avengers. Um, and yeah. so um, if you go past that, so everybody knows who he is. There's Captain America lunchboxes, backpacks. There's everything. The real um, question is who actually still has a lunchbox? I have like two in the cabinet. When was the last time you used I don't use it, but I question. do have it. <laughs> little, little kids when I was have lunchboxes, Matt. It's... <laughs> <laughs> With thermoses, yeah. they, they still use and that stuff. Snack packs, and I had like HEP bags. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is kind of where I'm done talking about him. There is still a lot more I didn't cover, but these were kind of like all the high points. And honestly, like this entire guide through Captain America's history and me lecturing you on different like historical incidents come from just like my own like developing mm-hmm. taste for Captain America. Um, so, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it's been really you excellent. Just want to see how Captain America Chris Evans is. Just go through his Twitter. It's so pure. He didn't know what thirst meant. He still should not. Oh, he figured <laughs> it out, and he blushed very hard. <laughs> um, that sounds right. Dude. I mean yeah. that, and like he does so much charity work as Captain America too. Like he does, he does a lot of like trying to live mm-hmm. up to that mantle. Um, yeah, there was uh, when he and Chris Pratt uh, for the Super Bowl bet visiting children's hospitals in their respective areas, and then they both just ended yeah. up saying, screw it, let's both go anyway. Yeah. It was like, oh, um, yeah, like, this is guess, good. I guess, too, like, just to kind of end it, my last thought is Bucky has had the shield in a real way, and Sam Cap has had the shield in a real way, and Sam Cap is the best out of any person who has been cast in America, and I will accept nothing less. That's my ending thought. His costume is dope, in case anyone was wondering. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It grew on me. I didn't like it at first, but I do really like it now. He keeps his wings and is still Captain America. See, that was part of what I didn't like at first, where I was like, this is a lot going on. Basic Captain America. Or more than basic Captain America. Yeah. Avocado. Uh, But also there was... um, isn't there a whole section in the first Sam Cap issue where he goes yes. to learn how to throw the shield from Hawkeye? And yeah, That's I remember so reading that and being like, this um, is perfect. Okay, other people's last thoughts before we get to but spicy why those? Spicy hot take, only decent or good legacy character. I don't think it's a spicy hot take. No, it is a spicy hot take because Miss Marvel exists. I can't say that. Because rest of them are trash. Do you mean like, do you want but why those from us now, or do you just want like final thoughts? I'm going to let you end on your monologue, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, we're ending on that. That's no pressure. Yes. Oh no, no, I wanted (laughs) to end with Star Spangled Man with a plan. Okay, it will from the from First Avenger. (laughs) Yeah. So final thoughts, Adrian. Um, I don't know how to do a final thoughts without like a final but why though. Um, 
Okay, well, let's just go. I just really wanted to talk about Sam Cap, so I'll go into the fan, but why those then? Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so first up, he's peak physical specimen, but he's also peak specimen in regards to morality and ethics. We'll forever love his no you move speech, and that is from at CNC Geekcast on Twitter. All of these are from Twitter, so I'll just say that now. Alex, would you like to reference that speech? Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. Okay, so this is from the Civil War arc, and this is specifically uh, Cap talking to Peter Parker. Uh, and the speech is, doesn't matter what the press says, doesn't matter what the politicians or the mobs say, doesn't matter if the whole country decides something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. That's probably one of my favorite, like, things ever. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so next, um, from the app Pilots and Petards podcast, we played their promo, actually, on our D&D episode, and they're really, really cool. They watch pilots and then talk about them, and a lot of it is, like, seeing whether or not stuff holds up. Um, so it's really cool. They won't don't watch beyond the pilot, just the pilot, which you can guess how bad some of that is. <laughs> um, and so yeah. they say because because all seven what if stories about Steve are all the same, but amazingly awesome. Step one, Steve is missing. Steve, step two, evil Steve, clone or Nazis take over using the serum. Step three, real Steve returns and teaches us it's not about the serum. It's about what America should stand for. Awesome panels and stories. My heart is going to explode in my chest if Steve tells Thanos, I can do this all day. And this cap speech that occurred it off of number yep. 616, but is still epic and classic cap. And that is specifically the speech I showed you about cap telling people what America really stands for. So um, the question is, since we talked about this, did we not just, did we skip over Nazi cap? I didn't want to talk about Nazi cap. That's like a, that's yeah. a, that I mean, is its own episode. Can. Marvel Marvel yeah. did a bad thing, and that, we should I shame them. My theory, right? That good as Steve is, he eventually goes bad. But they solve it in the end because they had to, <laughs> and it was actually the cosmic cube that had implanted false memories of Hydra into Steve, and he was fixed and was not actually a Nazi all along. We'll just act like that never happened, but it's cool. I like that version better. <laughs> but it was funny because actually when that happened, that's when people were yelling, keep your politics out of my comic books. It's just Hydra. They're fucking Nazis. <laughs> no, man. Like, just culturally in the actual real world, the last thing that we needed in that moment awesome. was to turn Captain America no, into a Nazi. Nazi. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to the fan. Well, let's go back to the fan. Well, why the it's happy there. They didn't actually put Eric Lencher as a Nazi into the comic book, which they wanted to do. Um. <laughs> I would have burned down my own house over that. Oh, uh, anyway. Um. So thanks for bringing up those what if stories. Except that wasn't a what if story. That was actually an event that happened in the Marvel universe, and we cannot forget that that happened. Um. But we will pretend like it didn't. Um. Next from at Westman eighty three. He was my everything. I didn't have any guidance as a kid, didn't believe in myself or anything. He showed me what it meant to have utter devotion to an ideal, to believe in something to your core. Um, next, um, from at Darth Nickel, and he is one of our contributors. Actually, what is he? 
A lovely blogger. Yep, one of our lovely bloggers on ButWhyThoughPodcast.com. You should check out his stuff. <laughs> and he says, even though he started off as a form of propaganda in regards to World War II, he evolved into more than that. He's an amazing hero who will do anything to protect those he loves. His death in the aftermath of Civil War comics always makes me sad. Next, um, from at Boxing Sins. Uh, he, uh, Boxing's in, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's weird because it's actually words, but it's words that could be said different ways. So um, he says he represents the best in us. That is true. Um, next from at Dragonfire mm-hmm. XL17, Steve Rogers in the long run doesn't really matter to me. The symbol he created, Captain America, matters even more to me. Cap is a symbol of courage, compassion, and liberty that anyone can wield. Captain America stands for the America we all want to see. Next, we have from Cheryl, at Cheryl Gustafson. Um, he was a good man before the serum. He was a good man after, just powered up, trustworthy, and true-hearted. From J.D. Hall, 0116. Steve was my grandfather's favorite superhero as Queen's, as a Queen's kid, B-17 Air Force engineer, and continuing on when he introduced me to various superhero characters, which brought me into geekdom. I know it's silly, but when I read or watch Cap, I think of my grandfather every time. You know, it's crazy we didn't bring up that Coulson dies with a Cap card, or has a little card in it. I know, because he's <laughs> like, he, he's like that little kid with his cards, like, just sign them, Cap. Just sign them. I do really like the fan theory that Coulson is the kid from the end of First Avenger in the street yeah, with I, the I, I like shield. Have you seen that? Where yeah. I'm like, it feels far-fetched, it's but far-fetched. I really like it. Coulson is the true soul stone. Exactly. <laughs> hasn't happened yet. I could be right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, from at CJ Pendragon, unwavering. He understands that sometimes you have to stand against the authority and refuse to back down. He lets his moral compass guide him in everything he does, even when it makes things harder. And he never fails to defend those who can't defend himself who can't defend themselves. Next from at sci-fi first thing, he stands for everything that's right without trying to be self-righteous. He's just a simple man trying to do what he thinks and knows is good. Hashtag Captain America, hashtag Avengers Affinity War. Um, and this is from at TJ She... She... Oh, Shepard Van, yeah. TJ Shepard Van. Thank you for reading that. Um, Steve saved my life. Literally, I didn't kill myself as a child because I thought Steve loves me, he believes in me, and he wants me to keep fighting. Thank you for sharing that, TJ Shepard Van. That means a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Next, this is from at Motown Herstoran, also known as Tammy. She wanted me to use her name. Um, She says, I won't lie, Cap really had to grow on me. I wasn't a diehard fan or even that excited about him during uh, during his first two MCU appearances. But then civil war happened, and I was able to read a little into um, a little a little into. Uh, I was able to read a little of civil war too, and then I was like, "Oh shit, Cap is really standing for something more than just the all-American hero." Once I was able to get down to what he was at his core, I realized that we share some same truths. As a black American woman, I have not always had the privilege to see myself in too many heroes. But what would happen if I made him in my own image? Do I still not do I still not represent those same values? Have black women not been instrumental in the fabric of this nation? So cap so cap is what I saw in myself. 
because as Langston Hughes says so uh, Langston Hughes says so poignantly uh, so poignantly said I am America too um, and I actually got to meet her at Pack South and she has a phenomenal Captain nice. America cosplay she does it's so good I need to see it also I really yeah, I really love that but why that was very good I was like like she had DM'd me and I was like oh my god I feel you so much this is amazing you're awesome um, but yeah, no, she is a mm-hmm. she's an amazing, um, amazing cosplay. It's on our website in our events thing. She's it was so good. Um, and then um, from Steve and um, Steve, this is her significant other. Um, without the serum, Steve still fights for what is right. Without the suit, Steve still inspires those around him to do better. Without the shield, Steve still stands his ground against any phone who would threaten the innocent. Without Steve, there would be no Captain America. And this is and, and this is specifically from an active duty service member. Um, um, I had put out on Twitter trying to get some of their feedback since he's like um, him mm-hmm. and Frank Castle are like the two soldiers that everybody knows. And we, we, we tried to reach out or we reached out um, for the Punisher. We want to re- reach out for Steve, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So. Because Steve fights bullies and always stands up for the lesser man. He has been the lesser man. He represents American ideals, even when America has no longer stands for them. He is not afraid to topple empires and organizations if it means destroying corruption. And that is from at Lizzie Lynn Garcia. This is from Rain, Villains for Hire. So here are my thoughts on Cap. He is a good example of the most extreme case of feeling out of place. He's easy for most social... So, He's easy for most soldiers to relate to. He's okay when he's in his element doing what he was trained, created to do, but when you put him in a non-crisis situation, he's uncomfortable and awkward. The world has kind of passed him by, and he has a hard time finding a way to fit back in. That's the adjustment a lot of military personnel struggle with, and I think that's why he's easy to relate to. He embodies the very best of our values and ethos, and also the hardest part of being a serviceman, taking the uniform off. It's deeper than just being an archetype. It's a dichotomy of Captain America and Steve Rogers. Cap knows who he is and is confident in that. It's Steve who struggles to find his place. I'm hoping they explore that more in Nomad. It would give him a new depth for non-comic fans and allow people to see the internal conflict that veterans deal with in mainstream media. Huh? Cool. Yeah. Uh, Those are really great. There was Chris Evans is hot. Oh. I thought there was another one. Oh. Also, I'm looking at Tammy's Cap cosplay and this is very good. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm way into this. this I is saw awesome. her and I was like, I have to take a picture with you. Please take a picture with you. Um, but yeah, so those are our fan but why those. Alex, would you like to give your but why though? I thought we were going to do final thought and then let him do a monologue. Okay, final <laughs> thoughts. Final thoughts. However you guys want to do this. I said what I said. <laughs> I love Captain America is my final thought. For last. Fine. Matt? Adrian. Uh, so, I mean, I've kind of said it, like, before, like, Captain America isn't my favorite hero, but, like, I understand his importance and, you know, why he matters, um, before the, this episode and definitely after with all of the great stuff, um, Kate has said, like, it's hard, like, not to like someone who punches Nazis in the face. Um, (laughs) but I said he's just not my favorite, um, but I understand why, you know, Alex loves him so much, and I'm not going to discredit Alex for loving it. I'm sure he's going to give a fantastic monologue on why he loves Captain America, <laughs> and I'm sure it's going to make me like him just a little bit more after he says it, 
but you know i i can't you know just all those fan but why those like how can you just how can anyone say like oh well that's he's still a terrible person and he's you know, blah, 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 blah. uh yeah i'm just rambling now i i, I think i think he's great he, he's gonna do great uh but i still hope he dies and iron man lives <laughs> in infinity war sorry not sorry alex this hurts my heart. Yeah, that's. I know that's like the darkest timeline, right? Like they both die, and then we're <laughs> then we're both no, no. wrong, oh, and then like totally. MCU just implodes. No, my favorite one would be where they all die. They end the series and go, and all the other contracts is a random animated documentary series where they bring everybody back, and that's their next movies, and just go Thanos one. <laughs> well, technically, with the Soul Stone, oh. they can come back if they die. True. Or the reality stone. Nope. Do you want to okay. go or you want me to go? You can go. Okay. Um, I obviously don't like the Boy Scout. I don't really care for the World War II stuff. I'm not a big fan of all the World War II stuff and all the stuff that came out. Probably why I really don't care for Wonder Woman and how she was developed either. I don't like Superman, obviously. I, Alex, you have great aspirations. Aspir- and everything, <laughs> and I get why people like him <laughs> and whatnot, but I don't, I yeah. just don't buy it. Now I will say, saying all of that for Civil War, I've always been on Captain America's side, and it, one still annoys me that they actually went with Tony that way because it makes no sense to his actual character for all the other stuff. But I have to always be on his side, and probably the only time I've really liked Captain America for the Civil War. Uh, timeline. Obviously, I didn't read all the other stuff, which we clearly went over, where they seem to be going away from this whole just like America, America first type Captain America. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. All I know is we play Marvel Open Line 2. I cannot get the achievements because I cannot play on the Iron Man side. <laughs> Strong moral compass. <laughs> That's very cap of you. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, like, that's very Captain America of you to do. Like, what? I've beat that game three times, and I still have not played on the other side, and I can't get myself to do it. And if you've, like, read his reviews on panels from PAX East, he loves achievements. Yeah, that's very that's very Steve Rogers of you. Huh. Yeah, you got you to gotta play on Iron Man's side for a little bit. See what happens. <laughs> he's, just, he's just scared he might like it. <laughs> Which, like I said, saying all that is why, as much as I really love the Civil War movie, I'm that part really disappoints me because they leave and it gets way overshadowed by Bucky. Which, honestly, I don't care about Bucky at all. Bucky yeah. can, Bucky can yeah. be one of the people that die and I'm not going to flinch. He's just pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Him and his raccoon makeup. Well, I guess he's it's ditched still. by Civil War, but yeah. yeah. Um, but overall, I guess I get why people like him. Obviously now, especially with the MCU and everything, I understand why people like him. Don't get the beginning of people liking him, but this country loves war. So you don't like America as the best Captain America. You like America has problems, Captain America, or like you can tolerate America has problems, Captain America. I like Captain America. I don't like the government. <laughs> fair. Or I believe in the government, or trust the fair. government. <laughs> yeah, fair. It's very good. Okay. Um, I kind of gave my but why though I told you my story yeah. with Cap and um, that's yeah that's my final thought I've had a long journey with liking him so All right. Alex cool yeah now that we've built this up for the entire episode I guess I'll just read this uh, 
I started writing my about why though, and then kind of just didn't stop writing it, and then eventually just forced myself to stop writing it. Uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna read this, and here goes. Um, Captain America matters because we say so. He was a nobody that we decided was a somebody. Fictitiously and in reality, we all saw something special in Cap, and so we hold him up as an icon and as a hero. But the truth is, he's just a kid from Brooklyn. He believes that there's nothing special about himself. Or rather, he believes that there's nothing holding us back from being special like him. It may not be easy, but we can all do and be good in our communities and by extension in our world. As Dr. Erskine said in the first Avenger, Steve Rogers is not a perfect soldier, but a good man. He embodies the, per the principles that persist through time. He's loyal, a patriot to the people of his country and the world instead of to a government, a defiantly optimistic man and a defender of the defenseless. He's the kind of person who gets in the way when there's a way to be gotten into. He doesn't like bullies. He gets knocked down and gets back up because the person behind him can't. He gets shoved into a pile of trash and comes back out and tells us he can do it all day. And it's not because his body really can, but because his heart refuses to let up. And he believes the same for us, that our hearts are only unremarkable because they are similarly incredible. Because at the end of the day, he's still just a kid from Brooklyn, a nobody that we call to somebody, and the kind of somebody we can all aspire to be. We can all be Cap, and that's why he matters. <laughs> got like a tear in my eye. That was Thanks. very nice. I like very that. Nice. <laughs> so, Alex, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Most Always Alex. And if you're looking for a second pop culture podcast, there is What We Talk About When We Talk About, where we talk about pop culture and the big pictures around it. Uh, and you can also find me on Friday.com, where we write about horror movies. And also find Game Boys. And Game Boys and the Game Boys podcast where we talk about co-op video games. On what? Game, on, it's a podcast? Oh, on Goombastomp.com. Sorry, I just have it subscribed to on my podcast app, so I don't think about the fact that we're part of Goombastomp. Um, so, as always, you can find the podcast at ButWhyTheOPC on Twitter and Facebook. And then you can find us, since we are now Twitch affiliates, at twitch.tv slash ButWhyTheOPC. And if you want to support us a little more, go ahead and check out our Patreon where we do special episodes, you get special things, and all of the donations and stuff goes directly into making this podcast better. Um, you can find me at OhMyMythRandier on Twitter. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93, hopefully celebrating Captain America's death in a week. Dark. <laughs> I'm just I kidding. Mean, this Alex. whole episode has been dark. I don't want Captain America to die just so Alex is happy. That's how much I like Alex. And he can come back all the time because we love him so much. Series E defense bonds. Each one you buy is a bullet in the barrel of your best guy's gun. Who will campaign door to door for America? Carry the flag door to shore for America. Best guy's gun. Who'll hang the noose on the goose snapping goons from Berlin?
trying to win the war. You can't do that without bullets and bandages, tanks and tents. But that's where you come in. Every bond you buy will help protect someone you love. Keep our boys army ready. The Germans.